Microphones of Madness is a member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com. Now. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Saturday night. This is April 23rd. Oh, look at that. I lost my name. I have no name. April 23rd, 2016. This is Microphones of Madness. Um, I am the man with no name. Over here, as usual, we have Fake Socialist. And we have the last of the Mohicans. Yep, that's me. Hawkeye Pierce. <laughs> and the last of my kind. Yes. So tonight we are talking the new anthology. Relatively, uh, relatively new. It, it's it's been a little while. Uh, Salome Jones is the uh, Salome Jones is the editor. It is called Cthulhu Lies Dreaming. And uh, since the last time we did a book review, I kicked it to Kim. We're going to kick it to Steve. Oh, oh, wait, before <laughs> before we get started, before we get started digging into this book, uh, a couple of things. First off, total disclaimer, all three of us got about halfway through, so this is kind of more of an initial impressions rather than a proper review. Yeah. Uh, the second thing was is that Microphones Madness, uh, we were kicking around an idea in the pre-show and in uh, our group chat earlier today of a read through of a script like a table read of a film uh, featuring some of the cast from Monday Night Heroes Friday Fungi um, we've pretty much narrowed it down to three films if you guys want to uh, vote hit us up on Twitter at Mad Mikes or hit us up in the email microphonesofmadness at gmail.com or if you're already hooked up with our communicate with Wes or psychically, psychically, can't talk today. Meant to telepathically communicate with Wesley James Young. Um, and let us know if there's any particular film you'd like to see us ruin. Um, right now we are thinking of either Repo Man. The good one from the 80s, not the new one. Right. Um, Take the shrimp and all that. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And what was what was the third? Oh, William Shakespeare. The, Shakespeare yeah, yeah, Star Wars, the the William Shakespeare version. So if you want to see Monday Night Heroes read through that, one of those, just hit us up, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll look into doing that because we think that'd be a lot of fun. Now, now we're gonna kick it over to Steve to to start off our initial impressions of Cthulhu livestream. Take it away, okay. Steve. I'm going to quote Salome here. This book is more weird, and I'm making ear quotes because there's quotes on here, but it is also cosmic. This isn't because I wanted to disrespect Lovecraft's work, but because what is essential to me personally about it is its weirdness. My aim with these books is to give the modern reader access to that weird little shiver that Lovecraft's early readers must have received. We are so inured to horror now, but weirdness, not so much. Mm. So, 
And I thought a lot about this because a lot of these stories are are definitely textbook definitions of a weird tale in the tradition of like Bierce or Robert E. Howard somewhat or even like uh, Washington Irving. Mm -hmm. That kind of feel to it. The cosmic, there's moments, but few and far between. And I feel that she would have uh, done better for herself by leaving Cthulhu right out of it. I think it's uh, more of a marketing um, issue than actual thematic. Well, I mean, these days, you know, slapping the name Cthulhu on something, you know, gets you at least two sales. Well, that's true, but I think it, um, I think it does the the stories in there a disservice because you uh, go in ex if you are someone who reads a lot of of a. Uh, Cosmic horror, not just Lovecraft, but that genre. Mm. And you pick up this book, you might be a little bit disappointed because there's a lot of monsters. Um, there's revenge stories. Um, there's plots to overthrow mankind, but nothing that really has that sense of cosmic ennui. That gives you that hopelessness that tr true cosmic horror would give you. There's some highlights in there that do do that, but those are the exception rather than the rule. But we also have to, you have to add so far. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's so far. Disclaimer. Yeah. Per the disclaimer. So what? What about you, Kim? Any any initial thoughts? Well. I, I am afraid I fell for the, oh, it's got Lovecraftian stuff in it for the title. And as I read, I was like, what, no, what, what is this? Because some of, the, some of them are only as Lovecraftian as far as they threw a name in. Like they threw the name Cthulhu in there, or they featured a cult, or they mentioned water. In fact, quite a few of them mentioned water. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that in my reading of the first half that a lot of these stories have water in them in some fashion, and that was that was kind of interesting. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there wasn't enough of an underlying theme that would tie it all together as one single anthology, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, no. there was there was. Too much of this and too little of that. Right, it, it just right. went kind of all over the place, and nothing really brought it together, in my opinion. Now I had found the the um, call for submissions mm -hmm. that might be buried at that at this point. Yeah. I don't. Uh, that's that's probably not important. Once I recall, the submissions call uh, tried to describe, to say, describe what Cthulhu dreams of, what kind of things turn people to Cthulhu. Or right, anyway, so you go ahead. I have it here. This anthology has the working title "Cthulhu Lies Dreaming." 
The overarching theme will have to do with the way in which Cthulhu's dreams interact with the real world, either in the past or in the modern day. What horrors would Cthulhu dream of? In the substance of Cthulhu's dreams were made if the substance of Cthulhu's dreams were made manifest in the world, what might happen? Stories do not have to mention Cthulhu or his dreams. Mm. So it's it's rather open ended. Right. Well, I would you know you loose. guys, you guys in your your initial assessments focused on the Cthulhu part. My initial feeling kind of leans more towards the dreaming dreaming part. Uh, I really went into this this um, anthology expecting more about dreams. Uh, stories that are dreamlike, um, you know, not not explicitly dreams, but have a kind of a dreamlike quality, um, or even maybe psychic effect. Uh, possibly, possibly. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the stories here, and and you know, don't get us wrong. There were there 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 are stories that we like. In fact, I have one, two, three. Or I have five out of the first half singled out as as stories that I enjoyed reading, and you know, and, and truthfully, uh, many of them actually the ones that I enjoyed the most kind of you know focus on that dreamlike aspect uh, or nightmares even. Um, but yeah, Kim Kim had mentioned that about about water. And and yeah, the water thing just keeps flowing, flowing in and out of the the various yeah. stories. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's see. It's an uh, easy element to connect with because so many of Lovecraft's monsters or settings were in or around water. Well, Take true. Instrument, for example. Yes. Well, yeah, that's because you know he he was from. You know, Rhode Island. Rhode Island is right there on the coast. Rhode Island's um, got nothing but water. Yeah. Without water, it ain't shit. But I, I, I think, <laughs> Sorry, I, I think there's also. <laughs> I think there's also the association of, of Cthulhu with water. I mean, I, I believe Derelith in his interpretation of the mythos um, tried to shoehorn Cthulhu in as a water elemental. That's true. In the first edition of D and D's uh, deities and demigods, use that um, Derlithian um, interpretation of the mythos, mm -hmm. and it was summarily removed. <laughs> now so that's because they thought they were going to get sued. <laughs> now we've kind of we've kind of went on with a with with kind of kind of a negative interpretation. Now let's let's talk some positive. Um, one thing that that caught my eye was the table of contents itself. Um, it was, you know, Steve and I have mentioned it. I think Kim has been part of this discussion before. That there is a group of Lovecraftian and weird writers, thirty, forty of them, that that are referred we refer to as the usual suspects. Uh, and they're pretty much in everything. Yes. Um, this table of contents, very light on the usual suspects. Well, it's like two or yeah. three of them. 
and and that that was exciting going into it. Is that yeah, there were two or three of the usual suspects, but by and large, mo the majority of the table of contents were writers I was not familiar with. Yes. So that is is a, a definite plus right there. Yeah. Is so you know if you're so looking for I appreciate about that. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for a, a weird fiction anthology, a mythos anthology, that is you know a lot of a lot of names you may not have heard. This is a great place. This is a good place to start. Great place to start. Yeah. However, um, and, I, and as you recall, that you had me go through, or you didn't have me go through, but I went through the bios and looked and saw that pretty much every every writer was pre-published. There were mm -hmm. no new writers in this. Right. So, Even though so they're not people suspects, they're not people they're not, Yeah, they're either. not. Yeah, it's not all debuts. So you know, you've got people who are in the game, but just not. You know, this this elite group. Right. right. And and maybe some of them will become that elite group. Well, and a maybe. lot of that may be because um, it's a British publication. As opposed to oh well, that's possible as well. An American publication. So well, that's true. That's true. We're we're filthy Americans here. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm just saying that yeah. our usual suspects are not the same as theirs. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, they might have a list of usual suspects over there that they go. That they that's go true. So, if our but friends. I didn't see any Jasper Bark, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper, if you're listening, you'll be on the show. Promise. He says that while looking away. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, of course, anytime we go through an anthology, we always have to, you know go through the list. What was your favorite story? And we will start this time with Kim. I'm gonna have to go with Father of Dread by Matthew Chapin. Hopefully I said that right. Now this one, hang on, let me get back there. Where are you? Okay, there we go. So this one, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm an Egyptophile, so anything to do with Egypt is going to automatically be higher up in my uh, on my list than non-Egypt items. Oh, good, because it's Passover and you could watch the Ten Commandments. Oh, cool. Not cringe. <laughs> <laughs> All cringe. Except, except for that whole Yule Brenner is the Pharaoh thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, this one I starts... I just kind of want to see Moses going out saying, Soylent Matzo's people. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Alright, so, so this one actually starts off with the Sphinx. The Great Sphinx of Giza. And for some reason, no one knows why, a group of people go and free it. They, I don't know, cut it out of the ground somehow and put it on a great big-ass barge. And they just let it float away wherever it wants to go. And it does. And it's so big and so huge that nobody can do anything with it. They can't capture it. They can't bring it to land. They just kind of have to let it go, and it becomes a, a kind of a normal, well, not normal, oh, like, a, like a background thing. Mm -hmm. And 
It's like it, it turns into a, a symbol of, of dread wherever it goes. It's like the first person to spot it, something bad always ends up happening to them. Or they go mad or whatever, and they have a streak of bad luck or whatever. So that's how this starts off with, so just that concept alone was enough to interest me and keep me reading. Mm -hmm. And it was a fun little tale, I have to tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the ones on my list as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun. It, I, it's it started off interesting and then it kind of got a little draggy, like you know, in the in the second act, I guess, introducing all the characters, and then it started picking up again, and yeah, and it led mm -hmm. to, and it led to a, really a, a cool. satisfying, <laughs> a satisfying climactic end. Yes. Uh, in 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 that in that kind of almost traditional weird fiction style, um, I think it was on your list too as well, Steve. Uh, I hadn't gotten that far. Oh, you haven't gotten the Father of Dread? Nope. Oh, sorry. Don't Didn't ruin I? it for me. Oh, we well, won't. that's all right. I'm sure yeah, it would have been on my list. I mean, it starts well, affecting society a little weird. Weird little ways. For example, now one of the characters—I don't think I was spoiling anything by saying this. It's like <coughs> he points out a news article about how they were, or was it, um, about a building they were creating and, or they were uh, building, and they killed three volunteers and mixed their blood into the mortar, as per tradition. Mm. <laughs> it's like what? What tradition? When did this start happening? <laughs> Little things like that throughout yeah. the whole thing. Just well, the, the story does seem to take place in this kind of alternate future. Yeah. That's it's 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 not a, the time period is not exactly given, but it is not the world of today. But it's very yeah. close. It's almost like a like that Max Hedrum five minutes from now thing. Hmm. Um. Well, Steve, you know, I'm going to give you a spoiler, and that is that the protagonist is standing there at the end facing down the the cosmic entity of dread and says, No, you're killing Martha! And the cosmic entity of dread goes, Martha? How do you know that name? How do you know that name? And, and that's how the story ends. That's kind of funny because my favorite story also involves Martha. <laughs> So what was your favorite story so far? Uh, so far, Bleak Mathematics. Mm -hmm. um, I have on my list, too. I liked it because, yep. A, rock and roll. Yep. I'm, I'm a sucker for rock and roll, so you're going to get me there. And it had that feel to me, that investigative feel that the best Lovecraft stories always have, mm -hmm. where you have someone who is on the outside slowly wheedles their way in. And once they're in, they realize I've made a huge mistake. That's Lovecraftian, all right. So, but but my, my only complaint with this was it relied on the Lovecraft was right all along trope, which kind of bugs me, mm -hmm. but not enough to take away from the rest of the story, which is really great. And I almost feel like they stole a plot point from a Mutants and Masterminds campaign that I had written. 
That's what happens when you put things out in the psychic ether like that. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So you have a, a band that is heavily into the mythos, and uh, all their fans are basically cultists. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody knows anything about this band outside of the cult, but there's rumors, and the protagonist is a reporter, a rock and roll reporter, mm -hmm. who's... Uh, Frenemy finds out about the band, so they start investigating. Right. Investigative and, uh, music he journalism. actually has to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lois Lane. So uh, he actually has to go back to the Lovecraft stories to find like all the clues and keys to uh, mm. figure out what's going on mm. with this cult. Right. right. Very clever. Um, well written, little predictable in the end, but all let's face it, that's just weird fiction. Right, right. Yeah, there is there is a certain formula to to this type of story, and you know, and the good ones, the good ones either smash the formula completely, or they take the formula and they just do the formula very well. And I, I thought Bleak Mathematics was one of the ones that did the formula very well. And the also, the window, the payload die. Actually, I was reading Bleak Mathematics, and I was thinking to myself that, you know, I could have read this as a, a novel or a novella. I could have followed this investigation for quite a while. Yes. Before the payoff. Um, just because that 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 procedural aspect was done very well. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, and there was the there was the crime, a little bit of a crime aspect. There were the little nods to the fandom. Um, like one of them was called what Dagon Girl. Yeah, the, the the screen names and stuff like that, and like, then you had the band members were all characters from Lovecraft stories. Pikmin. Right. Yeah, the Pikmin and Eric Zahn and the, what was it the Will Wilcox? Twins. Yeah, the Wilcox twins. Yeah, that was that was that was probably that was probably my favorite story as well. Um, a couple others that I liked. Um, let's see, we've done you know Kim did Father of Dread, you did Bleak Mathematics. Uh, I would say one of the ones on my list that I really enjoyed is I kind of like I liked Puddles mainly because Puddles was it was weird and surreal. Right off the bat, you know, there was there was no like build up or anything. It's just like they started, and it was balls to the wall weird from beginning to end. And it had one of those kind of ambiguous endings, right? But you really don't, you know, it it's one of those weird events happen to random people at random times, and the events are ambiguous. You don't really know what's going on, and it's just like you, you you read it, you get to the end, and you're just like, yeah, that would that be was, creepy as fuck. That's one of the ones that made me think of like Bierce or Irving, mm -hmm. just the the way it was structured. And that that one was like really a true weird tale. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I, I liked I liked that one. That one that one was pretty well done. Um, another one on my list was Wake My Lord. Which one? Uh, Wake My Lord, the one right before Puddles. That was uh, M.S. Swift. Uh, is that the one where they were on the beach and? Yeah, that was the one with the the beach. With a weird no, box the, that you just yeah, get into. The, the magic box. And that just seemed too candy. You didn't like that one. Taste. I, you know, that one that one was another one that just that wasted no time. And it's like from the first line of the story, you know, where where some Lovecraftian and weird tales would start you with this huge, you know, uh, prelude scene, you know. This one picks up like right in the middle of like Act Two, and then you do a flashback, and then we're back into the the main story, and it got crazy as hell. It it did. I'm like, my, I just don't understand why the people in that story acted the way they did. Yeah. It was like, oh, my boyfriend of... got high and climbed into an infinite box. You're not lying? Okay, I'll talk him down. It's just kind of like, really? You sound like your boyfriend does that shit all the time. <laughs> well, he does, man. Well, he gets high all the time, but he doesn't crawl into infinity all the time. They're it's witches, the man. They do all that stuff all the time. Totally. Psychonauts, You know, it's like, oh, an infinite box must be a Tuesday. <laughs> too, much, too many things just came out of nowhere. With no explanation, no build-up, no apparent reason for it to happen. See, if you can transition something in a reasonable manner, yeah, okay, I'll accept it. But I, 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 you know? see, that's that's one of the things I like that you know it it throws you you are completely unprepared for everything that goes on, and it's it starts with a snowball, and by the time you get to the climax of the story, it's a full blown avalanche, and you're like, well, what the fuck? Where did this come from? I think it's also the ending is a, another one of those. It's a first-person story, but I died. How do I write that I died? Right. Yeah. Story. Exactly. And and that that kind of, that that type of thing kind of irritates me because there was another one in here where the protagonist apparently dies, but it was written as a first-person story. Oh, was that the uh, unless it was, was the mermaid one? Which one? The mermaid one. Uh, no. But that yeah, that one too. Just, you had a first-person story where the protagonist dies. See, that that was one. The narrator was just like, "Why are you doing what you are doing? If mm -hmm. you've been afraid of your brother your entire life, and he's acting more psycho than usual, and he takes you out in the middle of the night to God knows where, why would you go with him? Why? Yeah, why would you agree to this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, let's I, mean, see. I kind of get I kind of get that one because it's like he's used to doing whatever his brother says. You know, you, you live your life that way, and I can sort of see that kind of. But yeah, it's like oh, well, you know, this? that one that one was one that was another one that would probably do better in a longer format. Um, because you got a sense of a lot of weird shit going on between those two brothers. 
mm-hmm. over yeah. the years, and and then it and it culminates. But you know, and, and it, it's it's a little jarring, I think, because it because of where the story itself picks up. You know, maybe I'm jaded because it reminded me of uh, of Captain Cold and Heatwave's relationship in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> This story actually drove me nuts because the author had a primo opportunity to go nuts with the the murder scene. And he gave it like one or two lines. It was a woman. No, with him killing his brother. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The author is... Yeah. I mean, he could have gone whole hog with that. I mean, he's, his story's basically been building up to this moment, and he gives it, like, one or two lines, and that's it, and we're on to the horror. <laughs> I just, I read that, and I went, oh, my God, no. Well, ah, I want to smack this person. Well, I want to smack I didn't this person, to, take his story, and rewrite it. Yeah, well, you but know, I probably would have been turned off by a big graphic murder scene anyway. It didn't even have to be graphic. I mean, you could have just said... He could have just given a little bit more to his emotional state at the time, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just mechanical. Okay, I hit him, uh, and I hit him, and I hit him, and I stopped. Right, right. Um, I, I think one of one of the things for me was, you know, yeah, they went through and they and she used the a Norwegian um, mermaid because you can't really, you know. Not not all sea creatures are mermaids, I guess. But you know, it, it went with the 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 whole all monsters are ugly, right? And you know? bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. And you know, I yeah, it was the monster story, right? It, 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 it mean, was it was a straight it was, up it was a straight up monster. Story. Yeah. So can you guys answer this for me? I don't okay. know. I don't know if I've just not, not read enough Lovecraft or what, but are there mermaids in the mythos? The actual mythos? Closest you're getting is Innsmouth. Hmm. Yeah, probably See, that's, this was another one where it was like, why is this even in here? I don't well, quite get it. There's no there's no hard and fast rules saying that you can't make up your own mythos shit because Jesus Christ, half the crap in the uh, Call of Cthulhu game is by people who aren't love that. Right. Well, so you're falling, falling victim again to the marketing. But marketing I mean, Cthulhu. There's still a, I guess, a paradigm for a Lovecraftian or mythos creature that's different than your run-of-the-mill monster from, like, a 50s movie, which is what this kind of was. I mean, right. you could see this in black and white with, uh, I don't know, Peter Graves in the lead. Like an episode of The Twilight Zone or The Outer Limits or something like right. that. Right. More, more Graves likely and the Shatner. Outer Graves and Shatner in August looking. The <laughs> Mermaid. <laughs> <coughs> Have you gone <clears throat> insane? Have you gone insane? <laughs> you are 
feeding that thing. You know, but 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 in defense of this story, in defense of this story, it's it's nice that she went with something from folklore and, and tied it to the whole, you know, unknowns and things like that. Right. Rather than relying on a colony of deep ones. Or but then how does that make this any different from any other horror story that tells you something that you didn't know about the world? Well... What makes this what makes this stand out? Why was this selected for this? See, th this is why I I say that the title of this collection is misleading. If this had been just called, uh, you know, wa water stories, twenty six tales of hydro terror or whatever we probably wouldn't be saying, oh, what is the story doing in here? Maybe I not. just think that she did herself a disservice by putting Cthulhu in the title. That's that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, let's see, anything in, anything, any other stories stand out as... as I, the first one. I, I enjoyed the star that is not a star. Oh, you like that one? See, I didn't. I, I didn't did like that. that one. I thought the ending was a bit of a cheat, but the rest of the story, I, I did like. Yeah. The the robot that wasn't introduced until the page before the big reveal. Mm. I thought that was kind of a cheat, but uh. Yeah. Oh, and and I actually looked up Wormwood. Mm-hmm. Chernobyl does not translate into Wormwood, which is the basis of the story. Right. Um, it actually translates into Mugwort, which is a relation to Wormwood. It's a related plant, mm. but it's opposite. So, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Doesn't sound. But I like cool. the. I mean, the story itself was cool. Yeah. It dragged Nuclear a bit for me, but, but yeah, I agree. It was a, it was one of the better ones. And once again, it's that investigative feel to the story. I think that made made it for me, and the idea of uh, bringing back cosmic consciousness through nuclear holocaust is kind of cool. I might have to give that one another go. The, my my initial read through of that story I couldn't finish I was I was just bored to tears. It is a little bit dry, but then again, it's a Lovecraft pastiche, so dry right. is as dry does. Yeah, I, I would say none of these stories is as awful as the horror at Red Oak. Mm, I agree. That's true. Then again, very little can be as so bad. far. <laughs> <laughs> so far. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah. Double-edged sword. Now we're we're almost out of time, so you know, let's let's bring this back around to the positive. Um. Let's. Well, you know. Let's see. I, I was. I'm 14 stories in, and I liked. 
I liked five. That's not quite fifty percent, but I've noticed that uh, you know most of the stories that I liked were concentrated around the middle. Um, I would say you know if you want to, you want something a little bit different. That's not the usual. Some some in some cases not the usual fare. Um, go ahead and 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 give this book a try. Uh, the links in the description of the video will be in the description of the podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, especially if you're if you're one of the American fans and you don't recognize a lot of the names, give them a try. You might find something you like. Just because we didn't like something doesn't mean you won't. That's true. And in doing a little bit of research, there's a number of online reviews, and uh, none of them are well. One is, but. That one doesn't count because that guy gave nothing. His best review was for like a drill. Right. Um, but nobody gave the book anything less than four stars. Most mm -hmm. of them were five stars. So. Right. Four and five stars. So so the majority opinion is is against you know our overview. Right. And um, honestly, we're jaded because we got to read. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, according to Nick Nicario, I hate everything. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, that's true. You are a fascist. You, yeah, I'm. And, and Mike Griffin says I'm a total fascist. So, um, oh well, there you go. That's right. You guys don't have to listen to me at all. <laughs> or else. Or else. We <laughs> <laughs> have ways of making him not read this book. Oh, we have ways of making you read. Oh no, Mr. Bill. You know, I mean, hell, that's probably the best review for it right there. It's like, oh, well, Rodney wasn't impressed. It must be damn good. <laughs> yeah, a little, little reverse psychology there. Um, yeah, so, so that's that. Um, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and you know pick up this book. You know, read, take a read, see what you think. Uh, you know, your mileage may vary, but that's with any book. Yeah, it's not an expensive book. So. No, no, yeah. it's, it's got a good price point. You get a hell of a lot of stories for for the price. There's freaking twenty six stories in there. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's there's guaranteed to be something. You know, for any taste. And and that's that's the strong suit of anthologies. Twenty three stories. So. Twenty three stories. Yeah, I'm wondering if they uh, use Cthulhu in the title to get Kenneth Height to do the forward. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I usually don't read forwards. They're too forward. I read it because it was Kenneth Height. I read it just because I do. And you would. I'm a completist that way. Yeah, I usually skip forwards. I want to get right into the stories. <laughs> Don't talk to me about the stories. Just give me the stories. <laughs> Not that kind of a boy. Just... Mm. Ah, here's a cannoli. Fuck the cannoli. Give me the stuffing. Kipton? Give it to me, baby. Uh, so, yeah, the Cthulhu live streaming, uh, edited by Salome Jones. It is available on Amazon, and... As most things, probably through the publisher's website as well. Who's the, who's the publisher on this? 
it is. Uh, dang it. Rodney didn't do his homework again. No, hold on. It's Ghost House. Um, Ghost House. Ghost World. Hold on. It was ghost the same woods. as the other one. I know it was a ghost. Ghost Woods. Ghost Woods. Ghost Woods. They Did also have woods. another... Um, ghost! Uh, Cthulhu Lives is the previous volume. Cthulhu Lives! And I think that friend of the show, Lehman Kessler, might have done the audio for that. Mm. Or written the forward. Maybe he wrote the forward. Yeah, he may have. He has a story in this book as well. He does have a story. We were going to just not mention our friend's stuff because... Right. You know, that's 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 bad form. We try to be fair. Yeah. But we liked Lehman's story. Yeah, that was great. That was, yeah, that was... That was another know, was... one of the other positives of this book. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it overall impressions before before we close out. Overall impressions, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, a lot of anthologies are like that though. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Sorry, and they can't they can't all be Castilda's song. It's it's. Uh... Yeah. Well, they could, but they're not. Castilda's <laughs> <laughs> oh, song was so damn good. <laughs> But Sorry, now, Casilda's song wasn't an open uh, wasn't an open call. It was handpicked. This is true. This is true. So I mean, it's like a totally different bird. Yeah. So yeah, as we said, mixed bag. Check it out. You'll uh, yeah, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might, you might find, find something yourself, you like. Yep, might be glad you did. That's true. But then you could write to us at microphonesofmadness at gmail.com. And tell us what idiots we are. Right. Or you could tweet us at Mad Mikes and say you guys are That's full of shit. That's M-I-C-S, right? Right. Yep, at Mad Mikes, M-A-D. Otherwise it would be Mad Mix. Right. Mad Nix. Yeah. Hey, St. Patrick's Day is over. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> We're not racist. Not at all. No. Um, but you can tell us that we're full of shit. What are you shit. talking about? Racist? I have a black street. friend. What? Oh, my God. We went there? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't go there. Damn, uh, Kim, Kim fishing for the controversy. I have a black friend. Come on. I'm kidding. So I mean, I, I do actually. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a couple of them. Actually, I, have, I have a black coworker, in fact. She's See, a, that's why you never say that, because you just, <laughs> anyway, you just paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. You're yeah, in the corner, you paint it in, you got to wait for that paint to dry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> there's no recovery from saying. Anyway, now that now like, that we've totally like lost part all of our subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> See, I hope we not could stop yet. Um, 
I took care <laughs> of my people. All right. So once again, you know, pick up the book, check it out. If you liked it, you think we're full of shit, go ahead and tweet us at Mad Mike's. Right, and remember, if you buy it on a Kindle, if you buy it on the Kindle, it's unleavened for Passover. For Passover. Um, and also, also, uh, you know, you know, you can probably uh, kick some money over to the Lovecraft Easy by picking it up through their web portal. That's true. Oh yes. So yeah. And Mike Davis also website, has a website. Uh, yeah, Mike Davis has Lovecraftzine.com. That's correct. So yeah, all all of that, you know, and bag and, of chips. Oops. Bag of crisps, man. That's true. It's a, the British. Bag of, bag of crisps, you yank bastard. <laughs> How did you know that? I know things. All right, so we're going to cut it off here and uh, wish everyone a good night. And just remember um, Monday Night Heroes. Monday Night Heroes will be on Monday, uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We'll be doing uh, something depending on who's there. Yeah. And uh, Friday Fungi will be off this week. They will pick up the following week on Friday live. Uh, also, we'll be back next Saturday at 9.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Woo-hoo. Until then, everybody say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Hi, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie.